just said to me? Uh, I said, you need to take the lead because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you actually listen to podcasts. I do not. <laughs> I know nothing. It's a rarity in our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm treasuring this moment. Uh, then make the most of it. Yeah. And so, do a good job so I don't change my mind. So you don't take your mind, take, change your mind. How, how appropriate. Uh-huh. Um, given that this is, in fact, so many machines. Uh-huh. Devlin. That's me. Yeah. And Morgan. That's that's that you. Be, that would be me. We're we're two two queerbos. Humans. Queers. Humans. People. Okay. Well I thought we were queers. I mean that's just one aspect of us, yeah. right? Two queers who like to go antiquing during the time of COVID. Yeah, this was not our first adventure that we have gone on. This, this is, is the first one. Go ahead. But we decided that, oh, we should do like a little recordings about our adventures because we've had a good time. It's kind of a way to um, get out of the house and enjoy ourselves when during quarantine where we can kind of safely distance from most people. Yeah. And you wouldn't really associate social distancing with antiquing. But, you know, if you think about it, like, you're not supposed to touch stuff <laughs> in the antique store. And there's usually uh, not a lot of people in the store at yeah. one time, I especially think, where we've been going. Which is kind of out-of-the-way places. Yeah, the preference is to find places that are um, less touristy right. and more, like, local, local kind of junk shops, flea markets, mm-hmm. um little consignment antique malls yeah uh because i think we find the best stuff there you don't want picked over things that or or everything is like all the furniture is refinished yeah and they sell some paint and that's mm-hmm. the place those are cool too but that's not what we're looking that's for that's not an antique store that's a kid's shop mm-hmm. or everything is like a handcraft which is also cool but not what we're looking for right like if you want handcraft you can do your own yeah, what we're looking for, or what I'm looking for, is vintage sewing machines mostly. Yeah. And sewing related. Paraphernalia? Yeah, stuff. Paraphernalia. Right, yeah, but it's not the illegal kind of paraphernalia. It's yeah. perfectly legal. Right, just so. addicting. Yes, and I have to say, I am not even close to Done. the person mm-hmm. with the most sewing machines. I have. I feel like I have so many sewing machines, but uh, there are so many people with so many more machines than I have. So this is so many this machines. Is a machine, machine. No, this is a podcast. Oh. For those of us who want to share that passion of having multiple sewing machines, or who just want to listen to us be weird because yeah. we don't know what we're doing. Well, I mean, I kind of do, but... Okay, yeah. fair enough. I, or I think I do, because I've listened to many podcasts. Anyways, we are located in Texas, and usually live outside of Humble, Texas. Don't pronounce the H. It's Busy. not It's not humble, and neither are we. No. Mm-mm. Because we are, in fact, Houstonians. Houstonians. 
Eustonian. Eustonians. Yeah. Umble is just a suburb of Eustonian. I am clearly the umbler of the two of us. Okay. We certainly, <laughs> we certainly do like to umble you. So. Yeah. <laughs> so we decided to venture to Beaumont this week weekend. Um, we gone um, and decided to travel um, the road less traveled. Yeah, we didn't. We decided not to go on the interstate. Also, Morgan's been in a couple accidents recently, and uh, he's been very stressed when he gets on the highways, the, especially the interstate. And it was raining today. And there's COVID. There's there's crazy assholes out there driving right now. Yeah, y'all, if you're driving in the time of COVID, please please stop racing please stop on Mad Max. I know the world is ending. Uh, you, know, you know, not to get political, but let's get political. You know, with November coming and the world ending. You we, know? I mean, you just don't have to race. You don't have to race up the fucking highway. No. You, I don't, don't don't take your life in your own hands. There's still hope. Yeah, well, it's Things like it's like uh, it's like there's a death wish. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm gonna speed up the highway, and it doesn't matter if I go to the hospital, where which are full of COVID patients right yeah, now. There is no bed for you right now, y'all. Yeah, it's just dumb. Anyway, I mean, we I just guess uh, what we're doing is dumb too. But. I know. Uh, slightly, slightly more calculated risk, I think. Yeah. Um. But, uh, so we decided to take, um, state route, mm-hmm. is that what it was? State mm-hmm. route 90 mm-hmm. instead, 1960 to 90, um, passing through a few li- different small towns. Dayton mm-hmm. is, was our first stop of the day. So what, Dayton, Liberty, uh. We passed through Devers and China, China, which we didn't, we couldn't tell we passed through them, to be honest. Um, I mean, there was a little more to Devers than the West of China, I think. Was there? Yeah. Or was it the opposite way? I, yeah. I think China was bigger. Have no idea. It was pretty, it was pretty, uh, it was a pretty isolated stretch of highway. Yeah. At any rate, we survived. It was quite pleasant. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. Um, it was so, so much prettier than traveling up the interstate and, uh, less stressful. Yeah. And there was still like plenty of restaurants. I mean, yep. So we decided to stop at like little, little antique places that we found along the way, which we knew nothing about except from Google maps. So I guess that this, this first episode is really going to be kind of a, a review of the different places that we went? Or are you going to give like a summary of all the machines you went Um, I don't know. What are we doing? I guess we'll go through the places that we've been and then after that we'll talk about the machines that you currently own and why people should collect sewing machines. Yeah. Okay. Does that sound like a good plan? Um, yeah. We could have talked about that before we started, I guess. <laughs> But instead, we're doing it during. We're doing this live. Eight minutes in. <laughs> and we have made a plan. <laughs> well, that sounds like a... 
Um, just an FYI, we're probably going to veer off the plan. So I think the first thing I need to mention is we went to Dayton, and as we're driving in Dayton, trying to find where we're first going to go, which was McDonald's, because we needed to eat breakfast, um, there was these this creepy, like, um, sand factory or something. Concrete. It looked like a like some old horrible prison but when you see that you'll know you're in Dayton because you can see it yeah it was huge and just yeah. like looked completely derelict and abandoned and like a place Ghost a place where death. yeah or like this is a place where people get murdered well more like people but don't thrillers or murdered. where teenagers would go to scare the shit out of themselves I mean, I would go there to scare the shit out of myself. Well, that's a different podcast. Yeah, you're you're a delicate flower when it comes to fear, though. I mean, am I? He's a screamer. Anyway. I love horror. So, yeah. so we went to, our first stop was at the resale shack. Um, where was that? Where was the resale shack? In Dayton. I know it was in Dayton. I was going to, whatever. Anyways. It was off of 90, right? Yeah. Um, it was right by the railroad tracks. Um, and it was fabulous. We didn't find any sewing machine things there at all. But I, but, um, I decided that I wanted to look for little boxes. Um, another thing I was looking for today was, uh, small, like, wooden boxes, tin boxes that, um, when I sell a machine, I can include like little attachments in because sometimes, sometimes it comes with a accessory box and sometimes not. So it's got like a bunch of bobbins or something. Yeah, you can put some bobbins. You can put different like. Um, it's so weird that I know what bobbins are. Yeah, like little. That, feet. I don't sew at all. You can put little feet on the presser foot, um, and the the feet do different things. So. Mm -hmm. Um, most most people only use one foot most of the time, mm -hmm. but it's you want to have like an assortment of feet just in case, just in case you want to put like a zipper and you need a zipper foot, or you're going to you want to make lots and lots of ruffles and you need a ruffler foot. And some of the machines, uh, the vintage machines we looked at, um, came standard with a little box of attachments. And there were certain standard attachments. And so people who collect machines, which I am not one, um, despite the fact that I have a collection of machines, um, like to have all the different components together. And that's cool. Um, you and, just want to be able to put them somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I was like, you know, if I were buying a machine, I, it would be a more appealing if it came with like a little accessory set so I don't have to go out and try to find these pieces. At so any rate. We got a box for you. Yeah, we didn't get tiny boxes though. Tiny boxes. I got like a, like kind of a regular sized wooden toolbox. Mm -hmm. Has a lift out tray, um, has a little handle. It was clearly handmade, um, but I thought it was pretty well made. And it was, what, $10? Yeah. It was, like, sold. And then I got a leather case. Oh, that was awesome. Box. That was a bi that's a big box. Huge box. 
for like a yeah. couple of hats could fit in it. Yeah, it's mostly round, but it has a flat side where it opens, I think, <laughs> where the hinges. Um, that one is fabulous. I love that box. I'm going to steal it, but don't tell Morgan. Um, no, I'm not going to steal it. That's you his can, box. You can steal it. I don't need that box. I have plenty of boxes. Um, I will just covet that box. Sometimes it feels good to covet. Did you know that? I'm not supposed to covet. Oh. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, I like, I sometimes like to just want something that I can't have. Okay. <laughs> sometimes. Anyway, so we found that, and I also found another box. It's like a linen covered box filled with what? Do you remember what's that? Cat note cards. Cat note cards, which is another thing I love is cats. cute. Well, I love cats you and I five. love. You have five. In addition to so many <laughs> machines, there are five cats. There's so many cats. Which is a great thing for you to have because you haven't even mentioned what you do for a living. Oh, I'm a seamstress. Okay. What, but what do you sew? Um, fabric. Okay. I make Renaissance fa Renaissance costumes, and cosplay costumes, and and, some and sometimes just clothes. Sometimes all sorts of stuff, right? Yeah. Um. Sometimes, like if somebody has a special request, like something kind of yeah, you custom stuff, too, right? Yeah, I hate doing alterations though, so please don't ask. Um. Oh, but, so, I love cats, but I also love note cards and stationery and stuff so, like that. Like, Even though... You could get them all together and in a tiny box. Oh, my God. And the box on the lid had pictures of okay, cats, cats. The same cats that were on the note cards inside the box. Imagine that. It was perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. perfect. And what's sad, of course, is that I never use my note cards. You just like to look at them. <laughs> just, I, you just take them out and stroke them. I like to you know. accrue them for some reason. But then I'm like, I can't use them. I'll need them. I'm, no, it's not that I think I'll need them. I'm afraid to like ruin them mm. by writing on them. Mm. Um, but but I, started, I started collecting them because I wanted to like include little notes. Um, in packages when I send them off from Etsy and stuff like that. But of course, I'm horrible at remembering to do that. Um, so I usually don't. I think I've used maybe a handful of those cards over the years. Anywho. Liberty? Do we want to talk about Liberty? Um, and I don't mean the freedoms that you and I enjoy. Was there any? Oh, we also saw that cool love seat. At the oh, first yeah. Place. But we're not going to talk about that because we might go back. Oh, that's true. We don't want somebody to snag it from us. Yeah. Yeah, somebody might might go and buy so, it. Somebody might hear this podcast. Right. And drive from wherever you are in the world to, to our go to Dayton. To go to Dayton, Texas. Which is weird because I used to live in Dayton, Ohio. Mm -mm. Good information for stalkers. <laughs> Anywho, so then we that's, went to Liberty. That's on the bingo. Chart. Oh my God, Liberty was so cool! What a fabulous place. We had such a good time there. And there were like all it had its own little like old town feel to it. It was so adorable, and um, there were two antique shops right next to each other. It was mm -hmm. the perfect stop, mm -hmm. um, and the people were just delightful. Yeah. 
Um, they were having some technical difficulties when we got there, though. The mm -hmm. lights had gone out. We initially thought they didn't want to let us in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because we were gay. I was, well, I was worried that they were just, like, I don't know if you've been out going to little shops, but a lot of them are suffering a lot from lack of business. So they're struggling, and a lot of them are just closing down completely. Well, and I am convinced that there are shops that, like, little old dudes run because their wives have told them they have to get rid of the junk. Oh, definitely. they don't actually ever open. That's a spoiler, because we're going we're gonna to mention the place that we saw today that was exact. It was, like, what this guy had in his garage. Yeah, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. In Liberty, it was, like, it was, like, the best. Because the first place we went into was Dovetail Antiques. Mm -hmm. And um, the lady reminded me of my grandma. Oh, she was so sweet. Yeah, she was very adorable. And um, so we walked through. There was a there was a singer, an old there was an old singer in the back. It had a um, was it a hand crank one? I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but they wanted, what, $350 for it? $300? Yeah. Yeah, which, it was a lovely machine, but... It was from Scotland. She was from Scotland, too. Yeah, I looked up her number. We do gender our machines, by the way. Yeah, okay, so singers are all girls. But I, I've never told you this, Morgan, but Kenmore's and Brothers are, are boys. All boys. Yes. <laughs> so um, and I'm a, I am a trans man at this point I guess it's relevant to since we're talking about gender mm. you are cis-ish I'm cis cis-ish cis cis woman cis-ish woman um anyway I don't know why is that important because we're gendering the machine oh we gendered the machine yeah well Spoiler alert, they don't have genitals. So Well, and genitals have nothing to do with gender. They don't, which is why it's perfectly reasonable to yeah. gender them. And if you do, you can, if you, if you think that they do, you know. Yeah. You can get right off this podcast because that's not what we're here about. Yeah. We're, we're here to talk about sewing machines. <laughs> <laughs> and their attachments. Yeah. <laughs> their attachments. <laughs> If Let's they don't see. have if they don't have the right attachment, you just buy a new attachment. See, I wish I wish gender was like that. I wish <laughs> I wish that interchangeable parts. Yes. Like, oh, I don't like this part. Let me let me exchange it for this other part. See, and can I get a cute box to put it in? <laughs> <laughs> so, so now that we've lost roughly half of our audience. <laughs> So we didn't talk about that with the little old lady at Dovetail Antiques. <laughs> um, but we believe she would have had somewhat progressive views. For her part, she did not blink an eye at us. No. She, Nobody today, I don't think, looked sideways at us. Despite the fact that... We're clearly queer. We both have queer haircuts, at least. Yeah. We have a mask on, so it's hard to tell anything else about our face, but yeah. we definitely got a queer haircut. Yeah. Um, so, at Dovetail Antiques, we saw that one machine, 
It was a little out of my price range, to be honest. A little bit more than I would want to pay. But she was beautiful, and I took her picture, She's and I looked up her information. And then we found, like... I think, like, that would have been a reasonable price if you were looking for a machine that worked right off the shop floor. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's not a unreasonable price at all for a for most people who are just buying one machine. Yeah. I'm looking for machines that need a little love and fixing up because I like tinkering on machines. And then I don't want them to just sit on my shelf. I want to sell them so that somebody can use them. Well, and also because you like money. Yeah, well, I <laughs> the... The collection, the collecting of the has machines be has to pay for itself. Yeah, I have, I have in fact been gifted many, many machines over the years, and most of those I fixed up and gave away. Um, collecting older machines is kind of a new thing for me. Um, we'll get into that history. Oh yeah, we'll later. do that later. It's a totally different. Question. Anyway, anyway, um, we're both AD, ADD, also. AD, ADHD. ADHD, ADHD. And on the spectrum, too. You're on the spectrum. Oh, wow. Thanks uh, for just I'm, putting uh, me out there on my own like that. On the rainbow spectrum. Anyway, um, this was a treasure trove of fucking singer attachments. Like, all the little feet. There was a... No, they didn't have a hammer attachment. I was looking... I was really hoping they did. They had zigzag button holders um they had two different ones no three did i get three no i no, got no. two you got that little space oh one. i got a blind stitch attachment one yeah she brought out this uh this little guy of course after i started like gobbling up all of the attachments because they came most of them had the original box Mm-hmm. And they had the little instruction book that goes mm-hmm. with them. And it was that um, that little instruction book that was on our own, too. Yeah, that was for a Model 66 treadle machine. But because um, they also made the Model 66 with motorized version. Singer. Singer did. Yeah. I was like, oh, I might have use for this on one of my future machines. Now, a lot of those manuals, you can just download a PDF, but for 8 bucks. I figured I'd just grab the manual. You and can, if you ever find that machine, yeah. put her in the box. Yeah, we can pair them up together. But, so, I'll have to, like, we're in a hotel room right now, so I'm not going to drag up all of my treasures and look through. But there was, there was a blind hammer. There was, um, there was also a box, like a full box of Greist attachments, which... What's a Grace attachment? So, Grace is just a company. Um, The reason I didn't grab those is because they have very specific feet, and I'm not sure I have a machine that they attach to, plus I also had several of those attachments already. Usually those, that particular one, it looks like a little little two-pronged fork that comes off the back. And what does that do? Um, that attaches to whichever machine it goes to, and I think they're mostly on treadle machines. And I don't tend to grab treadle machines because um, space, space. They always need a table, the treadle, and I am in a thousand square foot apartment that was already 
spiteful of yarn before before I started buying sewing machines extra sewing machines aside from the ones that I use every day so 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 um, so I was excited to see all these attachments and I looked it up online and some of them were pretty available for a similar price but um, most of the places we go to and certainly all of the places today of all of the places today we went to it was the only place aside from one that had any any attachments at all yeah um, sometimes you'll find the attachments as part of a a combo yeah. like the sewing machine and table but they won't split them up for you yeah it greatly depreciates the value of whatever they have yeah so we found we found several attachments there i spent a whole bunch of money um and then she brings out at the end as an, the deal another another buttonhole we could have gone home right after that and you'd have had a like been delighted with yourself uh seriously yeah I was quite happy. You mean soiously? Soiously. Um, so then we went next door to On Time t Antiques. We were on time because On Time Antiques. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. Do you remember that little? It was like a like a vanity case for traveling. Mm -hmm. Right in the front, it had like little silver. It was like a box. Mm -hmm. It had smaller boxes inside mm -hmm. it. Did you see the price tag on that? What was it was it? like fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, those were real, like either silver, silver plated. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. And he had uh, the travel wardrobe boxes too. The travel wardrobe boxes. The wardrobe chest of drawers. Oh wardrobe. yeah, where it had drawers in yeah, it. Right. I did see those. And then you take it on the train with you. I know those were fabulous. They were. Way out of my price range. And then there was a wedding chest. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. It was like human sized. Oh. <laughs> um, but they had, he had two machines there. Was it two or three? Two. It was two. Yeah. Morgan found both of them. Morgan always goes ahead of me because he wants to scout out, he wants to be the finder of the machine, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. You like to go fetch. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause then I get I get told that I'm I'm good. <laughs> you like, are a good boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he found the first one, which was a cute little ninety nine k. Um, and when I looked it up, like I knew I knew that it was special. Special, cause you know, remember it's birthday. Uh -huh. It was my birthday. Yeah, we won't give away your birthday. I'm not going to say my birthday, but it was the same day. Not the same year. It was many years <laughs> prior to my birth, but I saw that and I was like, oh my God. Um, and there was a Sphinx. I think it's a one a Singer 127. Um, I remember looking it up. We saw that. We'll but, update in the show notes with yeah. whatever it winds up being. Yeah, whatever he said. <laughs> um, <laughs> it came in a table that was in good condition. Mm -hmm. um, had several several things, not really good attachments. Yeah, somebody but, had retrofitted it, right? Yeah, we were looking at it, and I'm like, you know, I don't think this. I think this is originally a treadle machine, and it had a 
little motor strapped on the back mm-hmm. of it. It was a Singer motor, though. No, it was Universal motor. Oh, okay. It was not Singer, which is why I was like, I think this was added later. And there was a weird little light attached to it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the decals were in pretty good condition, but, I mean, it was she was rough, and so she uses a shuttle bobbin, which I have one machine that uses a shuttle. We got last weekend. Yeah. Um, and she is from 1918. Yes. Wait, is she from 1918 or 1918? I don't know. Um, early 1900s. She's, she's in... I think 1908, actually. And her name is Beatrice. Is her name We've Beatrice? We've named her Beatrice. We're, we're naming all of the machines. We're naming them, but Morgan so you, hasn't told me the names yet. So if you have suggestions for names for machines... That'd be great. Be some of Um, But she is a Bradbury... Yes, and the Bradbury family selling BS, which stands for vibrating shuttle, because she has a vibrating shuttle. But we're not talking about her. We're not talking about vibrators today. No, but she's the only other machine that I have that has a shuttle. Um, she's from Great Britain. But she doesn't have a bobbin that goes in the shuttle. If you so have I'm a look- bobbin. I was looking at the <laughs> at the singer today. Contemplating how could you could. I was like wondering, I wonder if this bobbin would fit in the, the Bradbury shuttle. You did not steal it. I, I did not, even know. though there were two. And you were tempted. I was so tempted, but I'm not a thief. So. I'm not a thief. Like I, I even, I even like, there was a little, one of the little bobbins was in the bobbin winder. And like, I pulled it out to kind of look at it and I was putting it back in. I kind of dropped it and I'm like, I could so easily put this in my pocket. I didn't. I left it there. I put it back where I found it. Do you need a good it. girl for that? No. I was just like, you know what I should have done is I should have brought a measuring tape to measure because I had it in my we'll make hand. It, we can hit it on the way back tomorrow. Um, so I could measure it and see if it might fit in the shuttle. You could always call that guy and ask him if he would sell you just the bobbin. Yeah. Anyway, so I saw the motorized thing. Hey, spoiler alert, we didn't get that machine. Because <laughs> if we had, I would have both the bobbins and the little shuttle and the machine. Um, it was a beautiful machine. But we did get the 99K that has the same birth date as me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gave me a pretty good deal on it. It has a more modern case. I think it was uh, 1956. Um and I have another 99K. It's the centennial version from, I think, 1951. And that was the one that was the present for me. Yes, you got that one for me. Um, it was actually cheaper than this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and came in a Bentwood box, but this one came in a square box um, that's more modern. But the other one that I have, the wiring all needs to be redone. And this one, the wiring looked great. So I think I'm going to be able to plug it in and use it right away. So I'll just have to clean the motor and make her pretty. And then she should be ready to go to a new home. Um, oh, and we also got a little tin box there, too. Mm-hmm. I think it was two bucks. Couldn't pass no, it up. No, that was like, it was like five bucks. No, it wasn't. The blue bonnet thing was five to two bucks. No, the little tin box I found was oh. two bucks. Oh. That's why I was like, ah. Oh sold we found it right when we went in there and then so in those two little places i spent a couple hundred dollars 
just on sewing machine attachments and a sewing machine. And then the little blue bonnet thing. If you're not from the state of Texas, you don't know what a blue bonnet is. It is the state flower of Texas, and it is very special. Yeah, it was like, it was almost like a little shot glass, but it wasn't. It was smaller. I than feel a like shot it's glass. a little vase. A little vase for a tiny for flower. A blue bonnet. For a tiny blue bonnet, which you shouldn't pick, but it's not illegal to pick blue bonnets. Yeah. But. So, like, I think I think I totally could have gone home after that, like. And we did discuss it. Yeah, because it was just like it was the perfect stop. We hit these two places. We found so many cool things. We had a great time chatting with the people um, who own the places. Um, and it was reassuring to see them still in business, you know, still mm-hmm. still thriving. I think the, the lady at the we first shop said that she had been there. They had been in the business for, what, 50 years? 30. 30 years? 30, 40, 50. What's it? What's it? Yeah. What's the difference? I'm 30 now. Yeah, they were ancient, though. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't think they were ancient? They were, they were adorable. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So we made sure we wore our masks around them, because we don't want to lose these precious people. We wear our masks everywhere. We do. We do. Not everybody does, but we certainly do. And the places that we have gone, everybody's worn their masks. Yeah, people... The people have been really good about wearing the masks. I think that's why we feel Every so comfortable. Every place has hand sanitizer. You're supposed right? to sanitize up before you enter. Um, well, and they've been like, I think that's why we felt like comfortable because there's very few people. Y'all, you, we're like the only people in these massive, many thousands of square feet stores. Yeah, usually. a lot of the times. Like, Occasionally there's a few people and we usually leave if there's too many people. So then... I mean, I think the highest capacity that I've seen is like five people. Except for that one gigantic place that we went later today. Yeah, anyway. So we left there. (laughs) And we had to stop. We had to have a restroom stop. Yeah. Because I had to poop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We talk about poop sometimes, y'all. Yeah. Everybody poops. Yeah. And uh, I was like... I went to this place and I was like, oh God, it's kind of like a, kind of a rundown gas station. And I'm like, oh no, it's going to be terrible. And it wasn't. It was so clean. It was magical. It was just like, you know. So fresh and so clean. The gas station of your dreams. Yeah, and there was a grumpy guy there when you went in. Yeah, who didn't have his mask on. He was a mask hole. <laughs> Fucking mask holes. And the lady was like, man, you know, it doesn't take that much time to put a mask on. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I know, I'm sorry. And she was like, I have the right to refuse him service. Absolutely. And I was like, yeah, for sure. And um, she was selling them for like a buck ninety nine. Yeah, there was that's no nothing. reason for him not to have one. No. And so we just laughed about him not being an adult. Well, and for that to be an infringement of your freedom, too, is mm-hmm. so silly. Like, how many places that you go to, like, you have to show some sort of ID and people act like that. Oh, not freedoms. You know, people aren't going to refuse. Or, oh, you have to wear a shirt now. Mm-hmm. 
sometimes people don't wear shoes to places I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> Not us, but my dad. <laughs> my, my dad is a kooky, kooky aeronautics engineer. Yeah, um, if he were engineer. if he were wealthier, he'd be eccentric. But instead, he just not wearing shoes <laughs> he's a retired he's a retired nasa engineer and a naval retired naval yeah former naval aviator yeah not retired from the military he served eight years mm-hmm. uh, and he may possibly have a derelict plane in the garage yeah. of his home he may in fact be a collector of planes just as you were a collector of- um yes and it's not a millionaire, so it's been interesting. <laughs> it, it's, it's, this collection just started this year, just but, like mine. Well, I mean, you know, it's actually a really sad story. He lost his wife, my mother, last year. And yeah. So it's... Everybody goes off the rails a little when they lose somebody yeah. close. How sad. So who did you lose to go see get so many sewing machines? You know who I lost. Who? Uh, a dear friend of mine died four years ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that, that, you this is a delayed response, huh? No, Morgan didn't know me before my friend passed away. Uh, my friend was also my ex-husband, and we were very close. And it's how I ended up with all the cats, mm-hmm. which I inherited, and a couple of the sewing machines, which mm-hmm. I inherited. He see so you learned how to become a seamstress through. Yeah, he uh, he taught me how to sew. Um, but, so, I under I understand going off the rails a little yeah. bit when somebody But not wearing your shoes. I do wear shoes, though. Into a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. I can't imagine being like, this is, this is a, an infringement of my freedom to have to wear shoes into the restaurant. But different strokes, right? Um, different strokes for different folks. Mm-hmm. Di- different machines have different strokes. We should sometimes, get back on topic. Perhaps. Sometimes people are queer because of their sexuality and sometimes people are just queer. <laughs> <laughs> In other ways. Anywho, um, so after the poop stop, we visited another shithole. <laughs> just kidding. It was, it was a... Oh, it was a side of the road, just random Claimed antique to be place. an antique store. Yeah, it was a junk shop, and not a good junk shop. Mm-mm. It was like, well, Morgan had commented that this place was uh, clearly his this guy's wife's attempts to get him to clean out the garage, right? Yes. <laughs> but then we, we noticed, well, you noticed the storage units. Yeah. So there was like a, like a you store it kind of place, a really small one next door. And Morgan's like, oh, this guy, this guy owns the storage place. He probably lives in that house back there. And then when people don't pay for their storage unit, he just sells their shit in this little <laughs> Which store. Which I think is a perfect threat to get people to sell, to like pay him on time. You see, you see that shop over there. Yeah, I'm not afraid to close <laughs> up on you. I will. I will close on you so hard. Yeah, um, but it was, it was a weird little place. It felt like it should be bigger, but it wasn't. And yeah, there wasn't much in there. 
Mm-mm. But we stopped. It, it was like a five-minute stop. And it's totally worth stopping at those little places. And I like mm-hmm. having the luxury of not He did not say hi to us, no matter how many times we said hello to him. Right? That was weird. It was very strange. He was a little grumpy. He looks a little bit like Hitler. Did he? Mm-hmm. Like an old Hitler? Like Hitler if he was aged? Yeah. Okay. So then, we were gonna... I mean, not, I'm not trying to, like... We don't remember what Project upon the man, I'm just saying. That he was a Nazi? No, he was not not a Nazi. I'm sure he wasn't a Nazi. Well, I did not see that coming. Anyway. We then tried tried to go to this place. We'll cut that part, perhaps. We tried to go to this place um, that was on Google Maps um, called Ezra Jack's Treasure Shack. And I was like... I told Morgan, look, this place may not exist. It's it on here. It's on here. It could be actually like a masturbation place, like one of those jack shacks. Um, it could be some sort of code. And uh, I think we had to, didn't we pass another prison-like looking place mm-hmm. on the way there? That was Ezra Jack's. No, that creepy place. There's a big it wasn't a silo, but it was very tall and decrepit. Some like sort of a, older factory. Yeah, by this point, we've reached the outskirts of Beaumont. Um, and uh, we're going past, like, uh, a trailer park on one side of the road. And, like, really... The trailer park had seen better days. It really had. It was, it was it, pretty sad. Actually. It was it a was, rough... It was sad. It was a rough trailer park. And I'm like, is this in somebody's house? Like, is it, like, one of the trailers, Ezra Jacks? Um, but we never did find it. We found the address, and it was a plumbing place. So, Ezra Jack, if you're out there... It was a trick. Please let us know. We would love to come and visit your shop. Trixie Hobbitses. With their, with their bullshit treasure shack. Where's the treasure shack, Ezra Ezra Jack? Jack. (laughs) Anyway... Then we were going to go to the Is South... Is that the title for this episode? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Treasure Shack, Treasure <laughs> I don't know. That, that's, that's above my pay grade. That's all on you. Um, and wow, then I, putting me in charge of things. Hey, <laughs> you, you wanted to. Anyway, so then um, we were going to go to the Salvation Army thrift store much with much protestations by Morgan... He was like, you really want to spend your time going to the thrift store? And I'm like, that's just right there. I'm like, look, it'll be well organized. We'll be able to quickly tell if they have anything I want or not. And we can get in, out, no problem. Mm-hmm. They were closed. Mm-hmm. So They heard we were coming. They were like, yep. oh, the queers are coming. No together. queer bows in here. We don't help them during Christmas. So fuck the queers. They were closed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't go there. But... We did go to Jan's Antiques. And Jan. I don't know if that was Jan and her husband or not, but whoever they were, they were delightful. So Jan, if you're out there, we love your employees you. are incredible. Yeah, we, we love Jan's Antiques. Um, on one side, it has like a regular antique store. Um, mostly small furniture, small stuff. Nothing. Some really nice, like 
um, like I would say it's the, the good condition. Everything's in good condition. Yeah, some really cute pieces. Um, if I had been looking for uh, some of that stuff, but like real, like a real variety. Mm-hmm. Like some places will like just have like dishes. Chair. Yeah, there was like all sorts of cool stuff. Um, and they, she asked us uh, what we were looking for, and I told her that I'm always looking for sewing machines and sewing machine mm-hmm. supplies and attachments. She's like, oh, I got a little featherweight here. And indeed she did. She thought it was like a, you know, incomplete in some level. She said somebody had kind of, uh, like, poached some parts off of her. But I didn't see any issues. The only the only thing that wasn't attached was the belt. And the belt was in the box. I... There was no, now there was no feet attachments. There was some bobbins, which was cool. Um, she had her bobbin case, I believe. And um, uh, moving, moving the hand wheel, moved the needle. So that was all working fine. Um, and the, uh, the belt was in the case and I plugged it in, pressed the button on the pedal and the motor ran. It didn't run the machine because the belt wasn't on it, but... Well, you know what? You should have told me. I have a featherweight um, belt in my, my uh No, the, bag. Belt was, the belt was in the box. <gasps> and she's like, oh, maybe the belt is worn out, but it looked fine to me. So, anyway, she gave me a killer deal on it. The case was in good condition, and um, the last one I bought, the case was moldy, like thick-ass mold on it. And you paid more for that machine. I did. I paid more for almost any machine. Oh, um, no, yeah. Yeah, but this, uh, she was in good condition, too. There's a little bit of wear and tear on her decals, but I think she's going to fix up just fine. There might be some problem that I'm unaware of, but either way, absolutely a steal. Absolutely. So, so worth going there. Um, yeah, I thought you said you weren't a thief. Oh, snap. Um, now, that lady knew you. She was giving you a good deal. She did, but I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything really missing. Anyways, so then um, she had some treadle machines in the back that I looked at. There's one Minnesota and one Singer. But I don't collect thing. I, I don't collect the treadle machines. I did take a picture of the Minnesota though, because she was pretty, and her mm-hmm. uh, her table was beautiful. Devlin re- likes to flirt with the machines. I really wish that um, some of the other tables, like mm-hmm. for the for the non treadle machines, were as pretty. Had those little tiny box-like drawers. Yeah, they're so adorable. Some people, some people absolutely ravage treadle machines. And it's um, they'll take evil. They'll evil. take the they'll take the whole table off. They'll take the little box drawers and make make little things out of them, like art pieces. And then they'll take yeah. the. Um, They'll take the uh, cast iron legs and the treadle piece and then slap um, like a new top on it and make a table out of it. And y'all, it's not upcycling if whatever's in there still works. Don't do it. Find yourself something that is old. 
I mean, sometimes they're derelict, is, right? Find something that's, you know, seen better days and can't be used for anything else. I think sometimes people just find them cheap, even though they're not in bad condition, and they just kind of... They have an idea in mind. Look, yeah. let's be realistic, it's Karen. Uh, yeah. It's so true. Now, I have to admit, some of those, some of those refinished tables are pretty cute. Like, I've seen some where they have taken um, the top of it, they, the top of, like, another table where maybe mm-hmm. the legs gave out of a yeah. different table. Um, like, I saw one that had a drop leaf, uh, and I thought that was clever, and they put it on the Singer base, and it was like, oh, that's perfect because it's sturdy enough to not tip over. Some of those thin drop leaf tables can be a little unsteady. Yeah. Um. So I was, you know, sometimes they're cool, but it usually hurts my heart because, like, or they'll take, or they'll take the body of the machine and turn it into a lamp. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why is it a lamp base? And, anyway. And you'll just talk to the machine, and she'll be screaming. Ah, <laughs> Karen, why? Karen, Karen lavished me. Oh, and you bought, you bought me a present at Jan's Antiques. Yeah, good. Got me that cute wooden box with the... Uh, French pastoral tiles. Yeah, those are cute. And so sweet. I put a little heart behind it, beside it on my notes. Aww. They got me the box. It looks so gay. So gay. Um, then we went to the shops of Midtown. This is in Beaumont proper. Um, What's with the accents now? I don't know. <laughs> uh, cultural appropriation. Wow. Um. So it was two stories <laughs> of um, different vendors, but like it was a huge place. Remember, we just it was like a warren of rooms. Yeah. And there was. Um, there was some definitely cultural appropriation items there. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, that is, I will say that that is one of the most unpleasant things about, like... The antique. Yeah. is like, antiquing... Clashes with, um... Our Native American... Um... Like, all sorts of... All sorts of stuff. Native American... Like, yeah, Native American stuff. Very often there will be, like, um, African art. Yes. That's clearly like oh god all it's sorts okay. of like... I mean it's okay to own those things the, the problem is when um, you act like you you came up with the idea right and you're right. profiting off of it right well and sometimes like especially if it's uh, like Chinese or Japanese items mm-hmm. like they won't actually be from there. From there, they'll just be some white dude's characterization of True. that art. Um, but even more disturbing, obviously, perhaps most disturbing to me, is the um, uh, continued racism towards black people in the antiquing industry. Like, in the year 2020, y'all, there's no reason to still be selling blackface dolls. Oh God, yeah. Like, they're, please stop. 
Yeah, uh, those and the, uh, I don't know, it's always jarring to turn a corner and be confronted with a Confederate flag. We're not talking about like some sort or like of... like a Nazi Luger. Right, oh yeah, right. Like not a... Not a historically significant flag, like one that had been hand-sewn and it was from the Civil War. That would at least have some sort of historical significance, but it wouldn't be up on the wall getting dusty with pinholes no. in it. Um, it's like, that that's somebody's idea of decor, of a cheap yeah. nylon flag that they picked up, and it's yeah. like, ugh, God, what does this have to do with what we're doing here? Right, right. It's not even... You know, I, I wouldn't want that, even if it was, like, the real deal. But, um, certainly, Militaria is its own whole universe, you know? Yes. And there are a lot of people who own those things, who, um, sometimes they own them to talk about, um, well, the, hor- the horrors of, and evils of, like, Nazism, or the horrors and evils of the confederacy um well, lots of a lot of these things come from estate sales where right. like grandma had it grandma died they're clearing out her stuff and perhaps grandma was a kkk member yeah and then there's all this stuff and what do you do with it you can throw it in the trash um but we're not talking about that even it's like yeah it's a it's these now there are museums I believe there's a museum that collects those type of things so if you have some blackface dollies and some other stuff like that I think there is an actual museum that you could donate them to where they discuss yeah they discuss the 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 context um, where it's not just uh, like surprise racist doll in the store Right, and, like, there's a difference between, you know, like, a blackface doll and a doll that is... A black baby. Homemade doll. Yeah. Who was made, you know... For black children. black children. play with. And not just black children play with black dolls. Like... That's true. It's perfectly appropriate to to raise your child with a multiracial doll collection. Absolutely. Um, But... uh, and we see those sometimes too, and they're cute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, old dolls are just creepy to me. I don't care what. Yeah, I, I honestly I'll, Not don't. Don't buy any old dolls. They're haunted. They're, yeah, don't do that to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> PSA. Anyway. Oh, we saw that cool couch in the fainting couch at that. Oh God, that was so cool. Shops in Midtown. They had lots of really cool. They were like three hundred bucks each. Mm-hmm. Totally wanted well, them. And we have no space for that. Shops of Midtown. Had we started talking about shops at the time? Yeah, because we talked about how they were two stories mm-hmm. of lots of cool By stuff. the way, y'all, shops in town did not have a bunch of racist stuff. They did not. No. They did have that eye doctor chair with all the lenses. Yeah. Upstairs. Yeah. That was really cool. And they had, they had like a, um, a hair drying chair mm-hmm. with the, with the dome. Mm-hmm. Um... And then they had that huge room. It looked like somebody's, somebody's like attic, um, somebody wealthy, like mm-hmm. not not us, but somebody with like 
old money and old antiques up in the attic because it was like very cluttered but lots of really beautiful pieces mm-hmm. um there's a there's a big desk up there that was just gorgeous yeah that was that, that was was, was that do you think that was someone's entire lot i think that was one person's room that was one lot yeah because a lot of these antique places will rent out booths or spaces right. to individual people who put who put their stuff in there and it can be anything it's a variety of stuff they mm-hmm. pay their rent and so it could be like um like we saw some like um like 80s 80s memorabilia yep. there like toys and games um no sewing stuff unfortunately but lots of really neat stuff um boxes and leather uh, pants pants. yeah oh i did actually i did see a couple of machines there i saw one at least it was way up on a shelf what we're at the shops of midtown yeah yeah it was in that room with the leather pants oh it was up on a shelf because that room was pretty bare um and it was up on one of the shelves um i don't think it was a singer so i didn't look too closely not really a singer snob it's just that's what i'm currently working on um unless we find something really compelling like the um like the bradbury and we'll probably do an entire episode on the bradbury yeah because she's very cool well and it would be very interesting i think to take a deep dive into like the historical significance well and that company Mm -hmm. and Especially if you can find bobbins for her. Okay, anyway. So then we went to your favorite place. Langston Antiques. Yes. And let me start with why it was so awesome. There was a poodle there. There was a poodle there. I was raised by poodles. I was raised by standard poodles. But. She was very adorable and sweet. She was a little sweet little poodle. But she wanted to tell us hello when we came in. And there was another adorable old lady there. I think it's really all the same old lady. She just, <laughs> she, just from, she just runs from place to place. It's always a little old white lady. Yes. So they had... Um, this place was just impressive walking in because they had a lot of really big furniture. And really they, nice furniture. Like yep. they had a grand piano. And I'm pretty sure she worked. Uh, I think so. And they had a huge round table with like a, there's like a coat of arms or something mm-hmm. upholstered onto the seats Each of, of the, the chairs. chairs. And yeah. That one was really, really great. Oh, nice. Yeah. People are sending me messages, so it's making beeping. We should probably like re go over that. So we went to my favorite place, which was Langston Antiques. Yes. Right when you walked into this place, it was impressive. Yeah. There was, because why? There was a big round table. And I felt like King Arthur. Did you? And there, yeah. all the chairs were upholstered with like a coat of arms or some something. Something very... Majestic. Coat of, coat of armsy. Yeah. That was very cool. Um, and uh, like jo- big, long... Buffet, yeah, grand piano, but there was a big long buffet with a marble top. And a lot of the times when you go to these places, like you don't know um, what uh, 
what you don't know if the furniture's real right you don't know um what's been done to it um this place was very clearly a professional like antique stealer right like well all of the places we went to today were were legit antique stores definitely but except for that one guy in his storage place yeah um oops but sorry dude but it's a great business idea but not an antique store yeah um but this place was like um if you were a millionaire where you would go to to furnish your home to furnish your home yeah very it's very classy very classy yeah um very curated i would say yeah i felt like we should have had some champagne it was definitely too high class for me. Um, it was beautiful, and I love it. That shit was too expensive But for you me. know what? We were not made to feel unwelcome in uh, any way, uh, shape, or form. She wanted us to look around. The little old lady was there for her daughter, which is a common occurrence. Like, the mm-hmm. daughter will be the person who owns it. And me, mom, and papa are there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Running things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um... I just want to mention one of the things that we saw a lot of today was paper sales books. Like a very big lack of any kind of computers or we also see a lot of um, ancient registers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like the old national register company registers. Mm-hmm. Big metal ones. Um, it's kind of nice. It's very, it, it feels very authentic to it. Um, and I, I, I'm sure it's a great way to keep a paper trail and make sure that everybody writes down exactly what is sold because there's a lot of consignment going on and they have to keep track of what was sold, who was the vendor and how much they get. Because, um, if you never ran a store where you have consignment items, you do not know the nightmare of keeping track of everybody's stuff. What happens stuff. if one thing from one side goes to somebody else's? Well, so the store? tags usually indicate, mm-hmm. but what if a tag gets ripped off? Or what if somebody steals something? Who is responsible? Who is liable to, mm-hmm. like, because oh, because it's like, did you sell it and you didn't give me the money? Or did somebody steal it? Yeah, yeah. And, like, a lot of these places also have, like, huge bins of, like, doorknobs or, you know, three dollar enamel pens and yep. you know that one three dollar enamel pen might not be much but if an entire case of it goes walking out it's a yep. couple hundred dollars right there well and so much of those small items are easily pocketed by people and and, pro- and are I'm they sure. definite definitely are um having worked in a lot of retail establishments they yeah. you get you just get a lot of Theft. theft. Petty theft, usually. Well, not big stuff, usually. Y'all, like, if it's not clear, we're quite liberal. So, you know, if it's Walmart, who cares? Oh! I'm just gonna say, don't take what doesn't belong to you. I don't care if you steal from Walmart. It's not my choice. Well, moral compasses vary. Yeah. But, um... We can edit that part out. But I don't... I, you know, 
I think it's easy to steal at, a, at places like this, and I think it's terrible for people to do that. Yeah, um, especially during these times. Yeah, a lot of these places are struggling. Wow, we're getting preachy. Um, you're always preachy. I'm just glad you're doing it to somebody, not me. <laughs> but so at Langston Antiques, they had this beautiful room filled with all these Edwardian antiques. Did we mention the poodle? Uh, there was a poodle too, but I just want to say, so the lady told me the story about that stuff, um, which was that it was all in a house. There was a lady consigning it because she was the daughter of this lady who had a huge house and all of the rooms were decorated in this style. And we're talking like Gibson girl looking stuff, all of these beautiful. It's a Gibson girl. Um, so there's like, there was this modeling kind of style, um, certain type of hairstyles, uh, all very Edwardian, very femme, very, um, very pretty, very mm -hmm. soft, mm -hmm. um, usually tightly corseted. Mm -hmm. Um, and I could be, I could be totally fucking up the whole idea of that but um just these beautiful and there was lots of in this room there was lots of uh beautiful paintings pictures there was victorian like uh photo albums anyway so all of these antiques were in this woman's house and apparently she had even roped off the room so her children couldn't even go in them wow yeah so there was these let children so she has she has passed away and now like the daughter up with your antiques. the daughter is selling the stuff usually like for very reasonable cost mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so she would like to actually sell them yeah and you found a fabulous picture there so i um to watch over my <laughs> fairly strange father and brother and their our time of bereavement um, I have moved back home um, and you and I live on different sides of Houston mm -hmm. and my father has decided to give me the master bedroom um, which is where my mother died um, and um, just want you all to know that she's playing with my hair while I try to tell the story. <laughs> and it's not fair. Um, <laughs> I was trying to comfort you. Yeah, it's so sweet. Um, it's not comforting. No, it is. Just keep, keep petting. <laughs> um, and so my family is uh, I'm very fortunate to have grown up in a family with um rather ancient oral traditions. Um, oh, no, no. I'm not going to go down that road. Please, no. It's a different story for a different time. But um, one, one side of my family goes back very, very far. Yes, but you bought this picture. But you anyway, picture. The, the, my, whole, my whole reason for saying all of that okay. is that we have a lot of antiques in our home. Mm -hmm. None of those antiques are ancient, but I love history. And that's why I've gone on this journey with you, uh -huh. the antiquing, is I 
grew up with history. And also because you're an enabler. I did not have that sort of childhood experience of grandma didn't let me touch the antiques. We, you know, it was part of storytelling time that the 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 different um, hand-me-downs and um, inheritance items were brought out and showed and passed around, right? Um, so antiques are very much like a like a they're not just to be looked at. They're to be lived with, right? Yeah. Um, and so I am turning my now very large master suite into um, a nautical-themed bedroom. Um, and... And we got it all cleaned out. And all cleaned out. moved some of the antique moved furniture in there. Moved some of the antique furniture in there, yeah. And I've got... Um, some paintings in there. So we found a picture today. Mm-hmm. And tell us about the picture. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I don't know if she's a siren. She's a siren. So she, there's this lady. In a, is she in a white dress? I think it was a white dress. Uh, she's in kind of a flowing dress, and I think she has a hat on her. It has a parasol. She has, a, like, a pink umbrella. And is sitting on a rock with a book near the ocean, and there are drowning men surrounding her, like trying to get to her, but are are dying and, and getting she does pulled not under. Care, y'all. She's yeah, she's giving zero fucks about the fate of the gents who are trying to get her attention. I think she's trying to read a book, mm-hmm. and uh, she doesn't care, or is daydreaming, but. It's neither it's, it's neither beckoning the men nor caring about their fate. It's just like it, it's like two different paintings where she is separate from them. Right. And, but they are fully focused on, on trying to get to it her. Invert, it's such an interesting it's very much not a male gaze right. painting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's it's very much like whoever painted that. But it's not a painting, I don't think. I no, think it's, it's pastels. I think it's pencil or char or charcoal or something. There's some color in there, so and you think it's an original print. Yeah. It's hard to tell. Um, and there is some like damage to the actual uh, paper. There's some water stains mm-hmm. on it. Um and it definitely could use a professional cleaning, but it's still like it's very softly done, but it's still very clear, like um, like the faces of the drowning men are very clear, I think. Mm-hmm. And there's a pair of hands that, you know, off to one side that's just like, right, just, just reaching up above. Yes, there's, like, you don't even see their face anymore. They've sunk beneath the waves. And it's so perfect, like, mm-hmm. I love that. Cause it's a great nautical theme. Who amongst us has not been that woman? Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care. Have you been that woman? <laughs> well, I, I mean, in a for, former life. In a former life. <laughs> um, like, who, like, it's a great statement about unwanted attention from men. Yes. And I love the message that they should go get fucked. Or perhaps die. <laughs> right? Yeah. 
Well, it's like the siren story, but like she's not calling to them or doing anything to them. Mm-hmm. Um, they they want something from her, mm-hmm. and and because of their wants, they are dying. Yes. And she has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. But they, if you had asked them, they would probably blame her for their death. Of course. I'm sure right. she, they would say she was a bitch. Right, right. <laughs> Stuck up bitch. <laughs> How many times have one has one heard that? Yeah, um, they probably called from their boats like, hey, hey girl. Hey, hey, uh, you want to see my dick? <laughs> Maybe they even certain, suddenly became one of those podcasts. Right, became the became the uh, unsolicited dick pic uh, podcast. That'd be a great one too. Um, we could definitely make an unsolicited dick pic section where we mm-hmm. send unsolicited dick pics. Just pictures what? of Richard Nixon. Oh, <laughs> people who. But it's, nice at any rate, it's a lovely picture, and you got a smoking hot deal for it. Oh, yeah. It was lovely. There's so many lovely things there. And Morgan also wanted to get a book, but honestly, he has so many books, and there's so many books well, at his father's you know, there's house. There's no real sale value in books. And, and I not, know this because my mother was a librarian, y'all. It's not even resale value. It's just like, where are you going to put it? All the bookshelves are full, and mm-hmm. then some. And there's boxes and boxes of books. Yeah. You know, um, they had some very cool books at this place. I don't know if you saw. They nope. had. They had just just some... my advice to people who are antiquing. Just for a second. Just for one second. Are you an please, antiques please. expert? No, I am the daughter, son, <laughs> child. <laughs> the the child of a librarian. Yes. Please don't spend your money on so-called antique books. I mean, there was some neat ones though. Mm-hmm. They had some. Uh, they had some old Shakespearean mm-hmm. books. Mm-hmm. But if books they had some smell, Dickensian. That books. means that they're rotting. Yeah. Yeah. Mildewed. Mildewed. Books should not smell. Books like it cold. Dry. Dry, and we'll have another episode about books. And perhaps. Or maybe I'll- not. <laughs> this is just so many machines. So many machines. Maybe if we find like a, if we find a machine that is a book binder or a, a printing press, we can talk about that more. Would you let me buy a printing press? Uh, no. Um. So then we, after we let Flankston, which we stayed a really long time at. I'm just joking. Uh, most of the time we go to places and Morgan is like, so you ready to go? And I'm like, oh, but there's a little corner over here I haven't peeked into. So he's very patient, um, but gen- gently prodding. Um, sometimes, sometimes we'll end up sitting on the floor because he has collapsed <laughs> from waiting for me. But I'm a big guy, y'all. But... Um, but in this instance, I was kind of done with this place because it was beautiful and elegant and lovely and, and really nothing there that I want. Um, I, I live in a 1000 square foot garage apartment with five long haired cats and so many machines and so much stuff that, None of that stuff would fit in my apartment. Yeah. Like and that, I had to come home with me. 
it's not that I didn't covet some of those things. Like oh, the, that whole goddamn room you coveted. Yeah, and the old, the, the old tintype pictures from oh Victorians. God. Even though some of the those little children, some creepy, of them were quite ugly. Creepy. Yeah, just unfortunate children. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but I, I really wanted those little picture books to look through because they were they were actual photographs of people. Yeah. Um, but uh, we left there, and we were going to go to a place called Finder's Fair. But Finder's Fair, you weren't open. You were not open, and it looked so cool from when we looked in the window. And there was a cute little, like, witchy store, or metaphysical store, maybe. Yeah, she was burning some incense. She told us that um, the guy was kind of in and out. He wasn't really working regular hours. Um, he's an older guy, so he's just kind of... Maybe he's been busy... Like not, uh, not to be there. not to be morbid, but like there might be more estate sales that he's been going to. <laughs> Just saying. Um. So I knew this next place was going to be fascinating because I had looked on the reviews on Google Maps, and it was a B A W resale, which I've decided means big ass warehouse. Because y'all. Huge. Not huge. quite as huge as that one place we went. In, uh, in Rosenberg? The Red Queen place? Is that what you mean? No, the one we went to last weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that in Humble? That was in Conroe. Conroe, okay. Yeah. This place... Um, so it was a true junk shop. Like, outside, there was junk all over the place. They actually have, like, a, a was it a weekly yard sale every weekend? They have, a, have like, a, a yard sale where people can... At least once a month. People can bring their stuff. Maybe it was once a month. For Saturday, I thought you said. Well, see, I don't know if that's what they were talking about. Anyway, at any rate... Um, there were people vending outside, and then there was this huge warehouse, like, with lots and lots of, like, industrial shelving, holding, all kinds of stuff. Um, looked like they took on complete estates. Like, somebody died, they go in, clear out the house, they have clothes, they have every kind of decor item. They have, like, Rubbermaid totes filled with just random junk, like what you would put together yourself in your house as you're tidying up stuff. Yeah. I have many of those similar boxes with just, like, random shit. Um, and that's, you know, was lying all over the place. Yeah, it was... There were parts just, of the store you couldn't even get into because they were so... Yeah. Oh, and doors, there. doorknobs, windows. Screws. <laughs> just... Just... Tons of stuff. Rusty old things. Broken wood. Yep. Um, and so we had asked about sewing machines. And they're like, oh, they're kind of down there. And we saw many, many sewing machines. Some were in tables. Legs for chairs and tables. Oh, yeah. So many. And wheels. Um, but they were kind of like... Uh, there would be like a shelf and there would be a bunch of like machine heads um i saw a lot of treadle machines without their treadles which makes them difficult to use um and very very rusty 
very, very jammed up. I didn't see any... That you could save. Yeah, the rusted ones... Well, so they're out of my wheelhouse, right? A lot of them were treadle machines, which I don't collect, and um, some of them were not Singer brand. I saw a Faf that I was slightly tempted by, but I don't know enough about Fafs to be confident that I could fix it. Um, so or that it would be sellable. Fafs, someone like to come on the show and talk about Fafs. Fafs? I worked on one Faf, and it's an industrial, and it's owned by my friend Haas. Um, and it's a walking foot, and... It's a faff, you love machine. Well, it's a a great machine, um, but I do need to make a trip over there sometime to help him fix his timing, Mm -hmm. um, because the timing's off a little bit. But, uh, so... So... So, there was also, like, machines in tables. Some of them were singers. I saw several, uh, well, maybe not several, like, I think two or three that were just in a case. Mm-hmm. And I popped over in the case, and they were also off-brands. Um, so probably a Singer clone of some sort, or possibly even made by Singer, but just branded differently. Um, but I I didn't recognize them. And um, I was kind of... I, I have a lot of machines right now. I have kind of... Yeah. Like, with the additional two from today, that's two more that I was expecting to have. Um, but I, I sold the machine this week, so I was like, eh. You sold two machines this week. No, I sold the machine last week and one oh, this week. Okay, that's right. But I was like... Oh, I, yes, because last week there was the Great Saturday. You know, I got good deals, so I did find another... I, I found a couple of 99Ks, <laughs> um, which I do like those machines a lot. Because um, they're a nice li- little three-quarter size machine. So not too big, not too heavy, but also not as petite as a featherweight. Yeah. So, like, nice, solid little machine. Um, and great in a table. What? What are you doing? What? Okay. I don't know. I, Morgan is making faces at me, and I don't know what he's doing. But uh, <laughs> apparently, his Ritalin has worn off. Um, I was just writing you a note. Okay, so um, the ninety-nine Ks are great in a in a case or in a table, but I believe that's the style of machine that needs to be in one of those two because it's got an uneven base. I don't know. You need to stop whatever it is that you're doing. Okay. I don't know what is going on. <laughs> but it's not okay. <laughs> we'll definitely get this part out. So there were... Uh, there were some 15, model 15s that I saw... Um, some somewhere in pretty bad shape. Like the the table for one of the ninety nine Ks was in terrible shape. The lamination was all peeling off. Yeah. Um, I did find one that was in a a nice a nice enough table. Nothing special about the table. Um, and the machine was in pretty good shape. So I made an offer on it, and they didn't take it. 
and it'll probably still be there. It'll probably still be now. probably still be there if I decide I want to go back and get it at some point. Um, but um, the price they were asking was fair. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't a bad price. It was just like I already have a lot of machines, mm-hmm. and I don't really didn't really need another. So I kind of lowballed them um, because I figured if they accept my offer bonus and if they don't no big deal we already really and as a result we didn't have to reshuffle things in the car because that one had a table and so it was a long walk to the car it really was it would have been a it would have been a hassle i don't know if they would have let me pull that car in there because i think that was for their drunkers no they would have let us pull it up if we bought something um yeah so passed on that but we were exhausted by this point because that place was not air conditioned at all. And we were grumpy. And we had masks on. And there was a lot of people there. Yeah. Some mask holes were there, too. But it was pretty spread out. It was huge. Like, it was so a huge you, place. Like, even if there were mask holes there, like, you didn't have to be anywhere close to them. Yeah. Um, and I still would not say that there were more than, like, 20 people in the store. Mm-mm. No, and it was massive. It I mean, really was a like huge warehouse. Warehouse, warehouse. Mm-hmm. It was a big ass. Yeah, and just warehouse. like packed with stuff. Yeah. Absolutely just... Well, and I don't know if you noticed, but like in the back areas, mm-hmm. um, there was some like organization, right? So, so like, further back into the the stuff, there was, like, you know, bookshelves, and they would have, like, some of the stuff organized on mm-hmm. it nicely, and, like, little little kind of furniture groupings My and stuff like that. that's when they started. Exactly. Mine as well. And as they filled up, it became more and more dense densely packed further out from that which is a, a strange way it was like they're like oh we don't want to mess up this organization because we have it organized so then they just started stacking shit like closer and closer to the door that you go the more chaotic it gets. chaotic and except for that one like <coughs> vortex that's, that's the covid cough mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. one spot that was just like you couldn't even get to it Oh yeah, there was there was a couple like that where I was. And there was a back office filled with stuff. Did you see that? Mm-mm. It was like the factory warehouse, like um, floor boss dude's office. Oh, it was like a little just crammed, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, and there was that. Um, there was a room with mostly clothing. There was furniture back there. But I didn't even go in there, really. Oh, it was terrible. I'm like, I I could smell it through my mask, which is saying something, because it blocks a lot of foul odors. Um, But it was potent, and I also felt kind of wheezy after being in there. So I'm like, no, I don't think there's anything important enough to venture in and to risk my lungs. Um... But it was fabulous. We'll totally go back there again, even though we didn't buy anything. Yeah. Um, because I just think there's 
so many nooks and crannies to explore and probably lots of cool stuff that we didn't see. And some tetanus to catch, for sure. <laughs> You're right. You love the tetanus stuff. The only stuff. thing I hated about that place was there was no prices on anything. Oh, yeah. That was the worst. Like, even with the machine that I was looking at, there was no price tag. I had to take a picture of it, bring it up to them. And they didn't know. They had to call. And then they took a picture of my phone, of the picture up on my uh -huh. phone, and sent it to somebody who then gave them the price. And then I was like, would you take this other price? And then they had to call the person back. And then he's yelling, no, I said this price. And I was like, I'm going to pass. Um, so I would say y'all. Yeah, and then you couldn't even get a sure. price. You couldn't even get a price on the thing you were looking at, those bells. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It didn't matter, I ultimately. I was like, nah. We were just, we were like so hot and sweaty um, and hungry because we hadn't eaten since McDonald's early in the morning. So we were ready By for this time food. it was like 4.30. Yeah, about that because we got to the restaurant before really five, any. Before 5. Yeah, and before really any other guests arrive. this is where our story takes a turn. A turn for the worse? No, for the better. Because we were hangry. Yeah. But, but this was really, like, so all day we were doing this, and this is our, like, activity time. And then when we got to the restaurant, it really started, like, kind of date night, right? Yeah. Um... And we debated about going to the hotel first, like checking into the hotel and getting a shower and then I don't going think to the we restaurant. Made it out. Definitely and not. And I'm so glad that we did because the place that we found so delightful. Yeah. And it was so it was so empty, we felt comfortable eating in. So it was we called to make a reservation mm -hmm. and we prefer to eat outside. Definitely. Restaurants right now. Yeah, it's a lower um, risk activity. We honestly prefer to take our food home, mm -hmm. but since we are out of town, yeah, that was not really. Well, and we sadly have had to pass on some good diner food mm -hmm. because diners are just so usually so small and crowded. Yeah, and like, yeah, and and today was no exception. We did have good luck at a place a couple of weekends ago where. Um, we'd either gotten there early enough or late enough that they were kind of slow. Mm -hmm. But today was not that. That's why we had gross McDonald's. Ew. Ew. But we found this place called Sugar's Deep South Cuisine and Jazz Bar. It was beautiful. 1924 building. Yeah. We were definitely not upscale enough in our appearance. For this particular place. But they did not treat us that way. No, everybody was so nice. They were lovely over the phone. So we wanted a patio seating, um, but somebody had booked the entire patio for the evening. Yeah. Which makes sense. That's a good idea. Like, if you want to have a group of people who you've been, like, socially isolated with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And have or, a blowout party. And have a party just with your people. Mm -hmm. That would be... quarantine... Your quarantine pod. Quarantine cult. Yeah, where you want to um, get together. I think that's it. Like, where everybody's in the same bubble. Um, where everybody knows your name. That's cheers. Um, but we had, we had such a good meal. And 
It was very nice. It was beautiful. It was like a four-course meal. Too. Yours was a four-course meal. And it was very reasonable for what we got. It was. We had um, two appetizers. And they were huge, too. Yeah. They were really good. And then you had um, a bowl of boudin. Boudin? No. 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 Bowl Gumbo. Of- Chicken and sauce. I know I'm super cute, and you're looking at me, and you can barely speak because I'm so cute, but we gotta stay focused. Oh. My bad. (laughs) Um. And your, uh. I had the ribeye. You had, you did, you had a ribeye. It was, uh. Unfortunately, it came out a little too rare. I like it medium rare. This was... Rare, rare. I think they walked it through a warm room, which is, you know... Like, lots of, lots of Texans love that cook. I do not. Um, if it's I have to, if I have to, I can eat it. But not at a restaurant. And I don't enjoy it as well. Like, mm-hmm. I want a ribeye to melt in my mouth, mm-hmm. but still be... be rare. So you like, want medium rare. I want medium rare. I want a nice, a perfect steak. Well. And they did They did fix it, and it was great. And yeah, the service there was so impeccable. Yeah. That, you know, really, there's nothing to complain about whatsoever. And that food was out of this world. Mm-hmm. Even the drink. Oh, oh God. yeah. Morgan had the their aviator. little special drink. And we ordered coffee, which was excellent. Why does coffee taste so much better at a restaurant? Oh, my God. Especially after buying sewing machines. Right? My coffee at home, it's fine. It's fine. But, like, I never I never take it's a... an elevated experience at a restaurant. It just is. And it doesn't have to be a flavored coffee. There doesn't have to be any flavoring. I feel very adult when I drink coffee at a restaurant. Do you? Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe people suspect that I'm a recovering alcoholic when I uh-huh. order coffee. <laughs> <laughs> like, especially when you order a drink and I order coffee. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, and you're like, here, have a drink. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, like they, I wonder if their perception from the wait staff is that maybe, maybe I shouldn't drink. Um, but I just, I really just don't drink very much. No. Yeah. Um, what was I thinking? I did have a sip of your drink, though. It was quite good. Even though it had gin in it. It was delicious. It tasted like a blue lemonade of some kind. Which, I don't know what would make a lemonade blue, but... But we were so stuffed that... They had to roll us out of there, y'all. Yeah, when we... So I asked for this big booth. I'm like, I know your booths are huge, but can we sit in a booth? Because I felt a little exposed at a table. And I, we've had an experience where we were told that there was socially distanced tables in force. And we had to get up and go to the patio. Yeah, we had to leave and go to the patio because they, they placed a giant family beside the us. Children. Yeah, and, and they filled that dining room, but not at, not at this place. This was another experience. So I was, like, a little leery of eating in anyway, and then I kind of wanted the protection of being in a booth, and this had very, very high 
back and it curved around. Yeah. So it's like we have well, kind also of protect other people because we have gone to a lot of places. Absolutely. Um, and you can't wear a mask when you have have food in your mouth. Yeah. I mean, we did wear our masks were while we were waiting for our food. Yeah. Absolutely, as you're supposed to. Um, but we, um, so we're in this booth, and it's just a little bit of a tight squeeze, especially on that curve. Yes, we're, we're big, y'all. Yeah. But also, because the the bench was a little high, so I didn't have a great deal of purchase with my feet. Mm-hmm. So, like, shovel, sh- <laughs> shifting <laughs> along the bench... And, and then trying to go around the curve. Uh, it kind of made me feel a little bit like a child. Me too. Um, like the table seemed a little high. And then with our little, you know, antique green clothing, comfortable, sensible shoes. <laughs> right. Our, our My sneaks. corgi button down from Hot Topic. Right. Um, my my hand-me-down uh, tank top. <laughs> it was actually a pretty cute tank top though like it was a more formal tank top yeah I mean it had some some sort of style to it on some level <laughs> I believe it's actually an old maternity yeah, I was gonna I wonder if you were gonna talk about that on yeah. the podcast yeah yes. look I'm not you know I'm totally happy with hand-me-down clothes it means I don't have to go shopping for clothes but it also means that the aesthetic of my clothes is frequently not my own. <laughs> it's just the stuff, the stuff that somebody's given me. That, Which is hilarious because that, you make clothing for a living. That suits my aesthetic enough to keep it <laughs> and wear it. Which is hilarious because you could make your own wardrobe of clothing. I know, but I'm I'm a lazy you could, seamstress. You could. <laughs> 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 I'm easily distracted by playing on machines and I have this vision of, like, you know, Mickey Mouse and, and Dave Cage where he's all... He's commanding all of the different um, household items to come together and take care of the castle for him. Uh-huh. And um, I imagine you with your machines making them do all of your projects for you. I really, I mean, I've been waiting for the gnomes to come and finish my projects for ages. But gnomes, they just gnomes are, are garden folk. <laughs> and then there's the, the, uh, the, the fae that take care of council tasks or brownies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you upset a brownie at some point in the house? Uh, no, because brownies don't exist. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Little Scottish folklore for y'all. Um, so after we ate, we checked into our hotel. We're staying at the hotel. hotel Elegante. Elegante. The hotel Elegante. It's actually quite elegant. It's not. It, you know what? It's not bad. Um, there's some, like, shitty construction going on in the parking lot. But when you get inside, it's lovely. Yeah. And we haven't left our room since we got in the room. And the bed is very comfortable. Yeah, it's a good bed. Um, except for the leg that's been placed onto me. I don't know why I can't just have my side of the bed. Anywho, 
how do how should we end this thing? Um, Just by saying. I guess you should talk about all of your machines. Really, I haven't talked enough yet. Tell me about your machines. How many machines does this make? Okay, so there's my brother industrial machine, which I use every day. And then I have two sergers. One is a Husqvarna Viking Husky Lock machine, and the other is a um, Super Lock. I think it's a white brand Super Lock, mm -hmm. uh, which has the exact, it's an identical body and everything mm -hmm. to the Husqvarna one, mm -hmm. which is why I have it. Um, and then I've got, I just sold my other industrial, which was my first industrial, um, and... What was, so, what was she? Uh, she was a Singer 20U clone, so made by Yamada, but the same design as a Singer 20U, which is a zigzag machine, um, and unfortunately, it was a very temperamental machine. And I love to tinker on machines, but that, that particular one required a lot of tinkering. Um, but she ended up just kind of sitting around mm -hmm. and being kind of a glorified bobbin winder, which is not an appropriate job. Um, and I kept trying to find tasks that I would like to do on her, but ultimately it would just become you an just exercise. You just right for each other. Yeah, um... And she's gone on... She's gone on to a new home, and, um... I think she'll be very happy she, with her new partner. I think she would be really happy doing embroidery work, honestly. Um, and that's outside of my skill set. But so, the gentleman that bought it, I think, um, will be able to do it. I hope that he and I hope that he has a great time with her, because it's an excellent machine, and he got a good deal for her. Um, anyway, so then I have a... Um, Kenmore embroidery machine. It's an old one. So Kenmore it, like the kitchen folks? Can uh, Kenmore is uh, a Sears brand. Oh. Yeah, Sears makes Kenmore. But this particular Kenmore embroidery machine was actually made by Janome. Janome. Uh, Janome, which is a um, well-respected sewing machine brand. And I didn't know that until um, just the past month when I was doing some research on her. Because um, I was looking for, it has, a, it has a little slot where you can put in um, a type of memory card that has patterns on it for doing embroidery. And this is not a multi-thread embroidery machine. You have to swap out the threads manually. Um, it does two types of uh, like lettering yeah. one is one is like a like a script and one is printed like a block a block type um but i love it and it's been a problem a problem free machine for almost 20 years now um who else do you have so what am i up to now how many am i up to why haven't you been counting? You've been reading the book about Port Arthur. Anyway, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-
three, four. Um, and then I have another serger. It's in the house with Heather. Um, and it is also the same exact body type as my other sergers. Um, and it's made by Singer, so go figure. I've got three different brands, all the same machine. Who made it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> because it, they're newer machines, so uh, there's a lot of, like, sometimes the same factory produces the same machine for different brands. It's weird. Um, but they all work pretty well. So then I have uh, your featherweight, your great-grandmother's featherweight. Which is a whole episode that we will yep. do at some point. And that's a 221K. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a 221K. 221-1, maybe? And then I have... And it was from what, what year was it? 1935. I have two more now featherweights. Mm-hmm. One I got last week and one I got today. So how many that? Am I up to eight? Jeez. Okay. Why aren't you keeping track? <laughs> Why aren't you keeping track? <laughs> um, and then I have that 99K that you bought me mm-hmm. uh, in the Bentwood box. And then I have the 99K that I just got today. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I got the um, Bradbury, which I keep I keep thinking is called the Bradley. Mm-mm. And it's not. Her name is Beatrice. Get it Be- right. Beatrice. And she's a vibrating shuttle machine. The only one I have. And a hand-operated machine. So no electricity at all. Yeah. Um, you could probably outfit her with electricity if you wanted to. Or put her on a treadle. You definitely could put her on a treadle and probably add a little motor if you wanted to. But why would you do that? She's a beautiful girl. She, on her. she also has a Bentwood case, which is pretty spectacular. Like, why is that? It was super special. Um, just because they're a wood case, um, usually they're pretty thin wood like that goes along the curve. Mm-hmm. Um... And so that's pretty fragile. It can get knocked around a bit. Probably people set things on them. She came all the way from Great Britain. Water damage. On a ship. I mean, um, she's lovely in great condition and very old. Uh, So I'm very, like, over 100 years old. I mean, I'm assuming she's been here in America for a while. Yeah, and we have no idea of, like, where she came from or why. Um, We're going to do an episode on her. Yeah. So, what else do I have? Oh, I have a 201. So, that was, so that was, you were at 10, she was 11 or 12? I think she was 11, and then I have uh, a 201K. Remember, Mm -hmm. we drove to Rosenberg to get her. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw her on Facebook Marketplace, and... um, She's also a singer. Mm -hmm. Singer 201K. Yes. And her... Is that the Rolls-Royce one? Yeah, that's that's the one that's nicknamed, like, the Rolls-Royce machine, because apparently Rolls-Royce used some of those to make the upholstery in their cars. Um, but, you know, I was very interested in seeing what she could do. Now, her wiring all needs to be redone, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she doesn't have a pedal yet, so I have to find a pedal for her. 
Um, so she's going to be pretty extensive work to do, but I'm pretty sure I already have a buyer for her lined up. My friend Cletus is looking for a machine and I think she's going to be the perfect fit for him because uh, she's full size machine. She's like the big sister, the big, big sister. So you've got the featherweight, which is like a half size machine. You've got the 99K, which is a three quarter. Home, it's a home sewing machine. All of them are. Yeah. And then you've got the uh, the 201, which is like the the full size big sister um, to the other two. Mm -hmm. They're quite adorable. Maybe mama. Adorable, all lined up. Um, but I think I think she's going to work really well for him because he wants a nice solid straight stitch machine. Um, she has reverse on her, and he's also going to help me um, learn how to rewire them, which will be awesome because the 99k also needs to be in the bentwood box needs to be rewired yeah. so um i think it'll go pretty well and uh it'll be a great machine for him and probably get a lot of work um her decals are in pretty good condition too so let me see 12 is that all of them did you already do the ones you got today Oh no, I have another one. Yes, I did the ones I have to. I have another one. I have a 401A machine, which is a slant needle um, machine, the precursor to the Rocketeer. Um, I had a 500A, which is the Rocketeer, and I just sold it, was it yesterday? Mm -hmm. Yes, she was just picked up yesterday by my friend Anne who was looking for a more heavy-duty machine. She had a Singer Heavy Duty, a modern machine. Um, and I'm not impressed by them. Like, th so they've got built-in stitches. They're an electronic machine. They're called Heavy Duty. And maybe they're heavier duty than, like, a cheap... But you could buy at Walmart. I, you can buy these at Walmart, too. Yeah. But uh, a cheaper machine that you could buy at Walmart. And I think some people have really great luck with them. Um, but I feel like with that type of machine, it's a gamble, right? You buy this machine, it's a couple hundred bucks. It's got plastic parts. Plastic gears is the big problem. Plastic gears. Okay. Gears have teeth that have to fit into each other. And if you jam something, the gears can shred, they can break. Um, they can wear down where they, they don't have teeth. You can imagine if every screw you tried to remove was plastic, right? Mm -hmm. have, you ever, have you ever stripped out a metal screw? I have many, many, some, sometimes I've almost stripped out metal screws on these Singer machines that I've been working on. Mm -hmm. um, now, if those were plastic, it would just be a nightmare. You would never be able to fix them. So these are parts that are integral to the well, you function could. you would have to melt it out right that's how you would could remove it but these are parts that are integral to the function of a machine made of plastic and not even a more durable plastic but like just shitty plastic and you know i <laughs> i consider them disposable because what happens if it breaks you take it into the shop um, you know, sewing machine repair shops are not cheap, but they're not expensive either. E 
it takes time and effort to repair these machines. You know, um, so I think they charge a fair price, but if they tell you, okay, it's going to be 150 to repair your $200 machine, what are you going to do? The machine already broke on you. Are you going to repair it and take that gamble again, or are you just going to buy a new machine? Well, guess what? Most people are going to buy a new machine, and it's not like, you know, say somebody like me who tinkers on machine could, would even take that machine and be like, oh, yeah, I can find more plastic gears to put in it because that's the part that always fails. So you're not going to find a lot of those just laying built around. To fail. It's kind of built to fail. And, and if you know that plastic gears almost always fail, why would you keep putting them in the machine? Because you want to. You want to. And somebody mentioned that it was probably price. And maybe price has something to do with it. Like, keep the price. Because you'll see the same problem in a $100 machine. Right? Okay. But a piece of, like, little little piece of steel is not that expensive. Yeah. If you're making millions of them, especially. Yeah. You know, like, it's not like Screw, you metal are. Metal screws are in everything. How, in, you know. Yeah. If somebody, if somebody can explain to me the economics behind this choice, please do. Feel free, feel free to contact me. Oh, how, no. However, no, you can con- get. <laughs> and explain to me why the fuck Singer keeps putting and all of these, you know, formerly reputable companies keep putting these shit parts in these machines. Uh oh, there goes your your Singer endorsement. YOLO. You're not going to be able to... You know, Singer Singer um, repair shops can't even repair a lot of these vintage machines. I'm, okay. on, several, I'm on several Facebook groups with uh, people who either collect or like to tinker like I do or like to resell like They're I do. To? They don't know how to fix them. There's a lady bought, I don't know if it was a treadle machine or just an older like vintage singer mm-hmm. when it took it into the authorized singer repair and singer shop has all of their stuff very well documented so it's not like you couldn't find it mostly it. mostly for sure there's a lot of it documented some of it had to be filled in by you know collectors but um took it into an authorized singer repair shop a branded singer machine and they could not repair it for her they didn't wow. know how and That's sad. That's sad. Um, so, you know, you're left with people who are tinkers. And honestly, like, you anybody can learn to fix these. It just takes time and patience. It doesn't take any particular huge skill set. And there's YouTube videos. Um, I watch vid- YouTube videos all the time showing me yeah. how to do certain things. Uh, there's, a, there's a guy who has a channel called AndyTube. Um, is that the guy who had the... Who had the what? That room? No, that was your thing. You were That was your research into the Bradbury machine. Which we'll do later. Yes. Andy Tube is... Uh, this is a guy. It's an older guy. Um, I've never seen him, so I don't know anything about him other than I've seen his hands and I know he's an older gentleman because of his hands um, but his he, voice. 
Yeah, he meticulously takes apart machines, um, documents, uh, everything he does to, like, clean them, fix them, restore them, um, put them all back together again. And it's been a real lifesaver a couple of times when I was having trouble um, getting different assemblies correct. So, Andy, if you're out there. I mean, he's not listening to podcasts. He's not a millennial. You don't know. He's got a He's a YouTube. boomer. Totally a boomer. He's got a YouTube channel. Look, he, he's got... Better things to do. He's got better time. things to do, like make videos on how to completely disassemble and reassemble a 401A. What's a 401A? It's a sewing machine. <laughs> what kind? It's a slant, a slant, it's 401A slantomatic oh, singer is that the one you sewing have? machine. Yeah, that's the one I have. Um, that one I'm keeping because it was given to me by my BFF, Heather. Um, and it was her grandma's machine. So we're keeping it in the family. Your BFF Heather, who may also be you. Um, who is also um, an excellent seamstress. Mm -hmm. Just coincidentally. Um, I think that's all the machines. How many did I get up to? There's a lot. I think it's 12. Mm -mm. I think it was like 13 or 14. No, I don't think so. Shall we count them again? Mm -mm. Nobody wants to listen to that. <laughs> I have a spreadsheet for that where I keep track of all of the things. Which we'll add in the show notes. Um, we, can, we can add information from it. So, with that being said... Mm -hmm. We have to come up with a custom sign offering. Oh, is this part of the podcast? So long. <laughs> so long, farewell. I'll leave you this thing. Done before. I know. So it's long. all been it's all been done. So long our sewing friends. So long. And partners of seamsters, <laughs> seamsters everywhere. Yeah, this is Devlin and Morgan from So Many Machines. Signing off. So long. So long. <laughs>